Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Teacher Be Still podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Jill. We're so excited you're here with us. You're probably on spring break, or maybe you're just coming off of spring break, and because everybody's kind of different here where we are, but, and we know all states are kind of different. So um, we hope you liked our last episode, which is all about how to rest. And we hope that you did that during spring break, or if you're just now listening to it, do it this week. Yeah. So, um, get that rest. Today's episode is called Is the Grass Greener? And we're going to be talking about making end of year decisions, which we know everybody's starting to think about. And we're going to talk about the big question Do we stay in education? Do we leave education? And is the grass going to be greener on the other side, no matter what you choose? Yeah. It's such a tougher, tough topic because. So many people, I mean, if you scroll through Facebook, I, I see so many articles about teachers leaving and yeah. it's the, and it's like, I know from hearing my sister talk and, and other friends that they're like, shut up. You know, I mean, a lot of teachers are like, duh, we have been telling you this for so many years that yeah. teachers aren't going to be able to hang in there like you think they are. And there are a lot of teachers leaving, but there's a lot of teachers staying. Yeah. And you know, that's like, we want to be able to encourage them where they're at. And if you're on the fence to be able to have like some sound ways to, to make the move you need to make. Right. Whatever that is. And ultimately, no matter what our opinion is, it really is up to you prayer with God and hearing that prompting yeah. and then communication, especially if you are married with your spouse, mm -hmm. there's unit, like there needs to be unity in the decision yeah. because that's how you support one another is through that unity. And typically I would say, if there's not unity, don't make a change yet, yes. but that's just where we kind of fall in my family. Yes. And then, um, like the, for an example of that would be a couple of years ago, I felt like it was time for us to change churches, but my husband did not feel that same prompting. And so we stayed until we were in unity mm -hmm. with that yeah. decision. Um, and that, and that can be hard sometimes mm -hmm. because when you think you're the one in it and your spouse isn't, they don't understand, they probably don't, but it's still best to be on that same page. Um, yeah, and sure. then also just like, follow your instincts because really you're the only one that knows you're the only one that this is really the one that's capable of making that decision. So with that being said, end of year decisions come about. Um, I don't know that I ever like actively made the choice to leave a, like a grade level subject area. There was one year where they told me you're moving from ELA. So I taught ELA, believe it or not, for one ELA and social studies for one year. I suck at grammar and spelling. So poor kids, they're all, <laughs> I'm sure they're all 100% successful right now because they'll have long been graduated. But um, I just, every other year, I felt like really it was my decision. And I loved what I taught. I loved the age group that I taught. So I did that for a really long time. Yeah. It wasn't until I decided to go to high school, which again was my decision. Um, so I know sometimes in districts you're forced to change. So mm -hmm. it's really out of your hands. Mm -hmm. Usually do most districts do like lowest man on the totem pole, like gets moved. I mean, I know that's what our district did. Like if you were a last hire, you had the potential to get transferred. You know, that was a big deal. There's one lady at my kids elementary school where she has had to change almost every single year because like zoning 
the like one grade may have five teachers, but the next year they don't have enough kids yes. to fulfill that. So they only need four and she may have more teaching experience, but she was the last one in on that yeah. grade level or whatever. And, and some districts have um, like protections in place to keep that from happening. Like oh, it's, good. it's the same person every single time. So I know that yeah. there are some things in place to protect that, but I do know, like for me, I was teaching fourth grade and uh, one year I was departmentalized and the next year we were all by ourselves teaching everything. But then they asked me to do dual language and I was like, oh no, no, thank you. Um, but I was the last hire in the grade. And so it kind of fell on my plate cause it was, you know, everybody else had been there much longer than yeah. me. And I was like, oh no, I would rather switch grades than teach dual language. That's where my head was at the mm -hmm. time. And so I was, we had a first grade position coming open and I was like, I'm going down to first grade. Oh, well, my. like, if you know me, it, I do oh, know that in the lower grades. <laughs> oh, my. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get my ESL. I'm not going to teach dual language. No way. It's too much. So I go down to first grade and, um, one of my good friends was teaching and she's like, Hey, come sit in my class. So you can just kind of see what we do. What a great idea. Uh, yeah. Oh, best thing I ever did because I sat in that classroom and within 10 minutes. I was like, no way. I will, I am going to get my ESL cert. Dual right language. Here now. I come. Yes. Because I just like, don't want to teach kids how to read. Like that sounded, that sounds uh, bad. It but sounds like, the worst. It's the worst. I did not want to teach kids how to read. What a gifting. It is. I like I is. handed out to those, those first grade teachers. I feel like reading really falls a lot on first grade. Um, obviously kinder has a huge role too. And so does second, but I feel like first grade really implements the foundations of reading. And so like this girl had her notebook and her groups and her rotations <laughs> and all the phonics that they were dealing with. And I was like, Oh no. And Oh no, thank you. Like, this is why none of my children are good readers because even at home, I'm like, screw the books. Like we're not, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <You do> not. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but we're not like, I'm just not a big fan. And so I instantly headed for dual language and it was truly a God thing because I got placed with an amazing partner. It yeah. taught me so much. It brought so many people into my life that have even contributed to teacher be still. Yeah. So, um, we talk about grass being greener on the other side. I really thought first grade had some super green grass. Seriously. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that, I mean, sometimes we do get those little glimpses that help and sometimes we don't. And so, if you're making a decision right now to switch grade levels because you're unhappy where you're at, and maybe you do, maybe you're complacent in where you're at. So you're thinking a change up may be good for you. Um, no matter what that looks like, our hope is, is that we can really talk through some ideas about when we make a change. Is it a change because we hope it will be something different? Um, an example is there was a time in my, my own life, um, where we were making a decision to move, not only a new house, but also a new city. And this was going to take us really, really far away from all of our friends and family and the church we belong to. And I was really adamant. Mind you, this was right off of a move. Um, we had just, I felt like we had just moved. So, um, it was a move again and we had two small babies. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we were making the decision for the health, health of one of our parents, but um, it was really hard. In fact, my husband and I had really probably the biggest argument and disagreement of our marriage in the last 16 years plus years we've been together. 
and um, we ended up moving and it was really, really hard on me. And we were there for several years. And I finally told my husband he was going off to this hunting trip. And I was like, while you're out in the wilderness with just you and God, I need you to pray about us putting this house up for sale and moving back to Flower Mound. And he was like, okay, I will. And he came back and we were both on board. We put our house up for sale. And within one day we had multiple offers over asking price. And we really felt like those, this was signs from God that we were making the right decision. And we moved back to flower mound and we have like, our roots are here. Like now our kids right. started elementary school. We, I, my friendships have grown. We started teacher be still, I started teaching in um, LASD, which is here in our, in our town. And I will tell you what, if I could give anything now to go back to that house that we had, <laughs> I wouldn't pick up and move right now. And I couldn't see obviously what I see now. Right. And the busyness of our town really impacts me negatively. Mm -hmm. And where we were was just slower paced. We would lived on three acres. So we had just so much time working in our yard, mowing, keeping up with all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The boys would have probably a, a different life than they have now, which is, I feel like a rat race. Like mm -hmm. we have to keep up with everything. And of course that town is growing now too. So mm -hmm. like it's eventually going to get there, but I also loved that home. Like mm -hmm. it felt like my home and I've never felt that way in our current house. Yeah. And I know that sounds so weird because we've lived here now for six years, but the grass was not greener moving back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I didn't have the foresight. And I know God has something in that. me learning. That was a great learning opportunity that he had for me. But I think one thing that it taught me the biggest was to stop and really pause and really work through it with him mm -hmm. because I probably wouldn't have mattered if we had sold our house in a day, I probably would have been like, Yes, this yeah. was so, you know, it didn't yeah. matter. I wanted it so badly that right. I would have made any excuse to make it happen. Yeah. So if we're talking about That's teachers. such a great point. Because I think when we have our own dreams, we will manipulate any scenario. Yep. I'm the worst at it. Like I will manipulate any scenario to be like, look what God just did. Uh -huh. And I will find a way to make it seem like it's that way. But I think that that's really a great lesson to be taught in any big decision and, and especially when you're in hard times, because yeah. I think when you're in times, you're so desperate to get out of the hardship yes. that you will make anything and anyone, you know, to get on your side to make it yeah. happen. It's kind of like when your kids get older, like mine are now moving on to middle school, we're going through puberty years and stupid time hop on Facebook will come up and it'll be videos of my kids from when they were two and three and how desperately yes. I want to go back and soak up those moments. Mm -hmm. And when you're in it, you're almost wishing them away because they are really yeah. hard. Totally. Um, and I think that's kind of the place where teachers are at right now, where right now things are just, they've just been really hard for a lot of teachers mm -hmm. and they would give anything to to be out of it. Um, like I would give anything to be back in the days when we could roll the VCR cart into our rooms yes. and put on whatever. Like, Did you know I rolled a TV into my room when I taught in 2000 and, um, like 2008, 2009. So that was how long ago? Oh, um, I don't do math on the spot. I mean, it was 10 like 13 years. years so yeah. like that's how long ago was when we were still allowed and, to do that. And listen, 
the thing about it is, is that my very first goal, we had no technology. I bought myself a projector to yeah. have in my room. Yeah. So that's probably why. Times, like, yeah. Before we had all this technology, you know, and people always say like technology is going to be the worst, you know, but we have to make our kids be up to speed with stuff. Yeah. And so many times technology makes it easier, but gosh, like to be back in the day when I could make a few copies of a worksheet. Yeah. <laughs> worksheets I, are bad. Yeah. No, I love worksheets. Me too. Um, but I think right now what I want to talk about, you know, the most is this idea of what are you searching for mm -hmm. on the other side? So if you're on the fence about leaving education, is your hope that you will find a job that has better boundaries? Are you looking for a job that has a better balance that you can shut your brain off and really leave your work at work? Mm -hmm. Are you searching for a job that has more pay? Like, what are you really searching for? And then finding that ideal job and really figuring out, does that job actually provide that? Because totally. I see a lot. So it's twofold for me. What I kind of see out there is I see teachers leaving to do kind of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, holy moly, is that the word? Entrepreneurial. <laughs> um, jobs. So they're being social media marketers. They're mm -hmm. doing um, being assistants, they're doing, um, teacher pay teacher, like creating their own resources. So this is a kind of job where you're mainly working from home, but it takes some time to build up the clientele and the income and things like that. And a lot of them are going online because they're right. I mean, if there's been an influx of anything, it is the amount of online school. Oh platforms. yeah. Like, yeah. If you Google or go into indeed and you Google education, just the word education, there's at least two dozen different companies of online education platforms that's that crazy. are hiring virtual teachers. It's insane. Let me just tell you, that's another is the grass greener on the other side. You're going to hear pros and cons from people that yes. do it because everybody individually has something different that they need to work mm -hmm. their, their own constraints. I actually did VIP kids for a while yeah, and I will tell you, I thought like ideally it was going to be the perfect job and it was incredibly hard for me. Yeah. So I only lasted, I don't know, maybe six months, maybe nine months. But at the time it was so saturated with teachers. It was a really hard for me to get the kids. Cause once mm -hmm. a kid picks an instructor, they like, they usually stay with that instructor and VIP kids is, I mean, it's kind of like, um, the more you have, the more they're going to give you, yeah. right. It's kind of like a leveled type of thing. And so I just, it wasn't, and I couldn't make it work. Although I thought I was going like, I, I did it while I was teaching. So I thought mm -hmm. that I was going to replace my teacher income with a VIP kids because I had heard so many stories about people doing that. Yeah. It was not possible for, and it, and again, that's just because it was for me. I know people who have done it. Me too. Yeah. Some people are really successful at it. And I think, you know, that all depends again, like you just said, what are you looking for? I don't because... do, do people even do it anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, for, I thought it was shutting down. Maybe. We need to look at it and see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that very similar platforms are popping up. Like yeah. It's, there's so many. And I think teachers, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, I'm done. And that, and that's that. I'm right. I can't do this anymore. My family is suffering. My health is suffering. My finances are suffering. 
and you do go looking for other jobs. I know people that have completely just done a 180 and turned right into something like mortgage brokering. Right. And they've done, and they have landed themselves in corporate America and they are happier than they've ever been, you know? And then I've got friends that are like, I'm going to get through this because I still love teaching. I love being on my kid's schedule. I love being able to, you know, just go in and work with the kids. And I, I mean, there are people that are still absolutely in love with yeah. their jobs. And so thank God. I'm going to get to that. But before I do, like you said, doing a complete 180 and going into corporate America. So that was the second role I was thinking of when mm -hmm. teachers not the work from home type of jobs, but yeah. then a lot of people are going into corporate America. And that's because a lot of teachers have skills that match exactly what's needed 100%. in corporate America, right? Yeah. We're, we're very organized. We're detail oriented. We're leaders. These are all things, multitaskers, all things that are required of people in corporate America. But I also see so many of my friends that work in corporate America that also are burnout, that mm -hmm. are overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. They have no boundaries. So that is kind of where this idea came from as the grass greener, because if you're going to leave a job now, this is going to be speci like specifically for teachers who feel like education was their calling. They knew they wanted to be a teacher. They felt like God had aligned their path to that. They got mm -hmm. an education degree. They, you know, these people are qualified to be, educators, right. if you're qualified for a job, isn't really going to be beneficial to you because right now in the current circumstances, you're very burned out to leave and go to another job. That's going to give you the same output mm -hmm. because they're going to expect the same mm -hmm. things and you're still going to be overwhelmed and you're still going to be burnout out and yeah. overwhelmed and you're still no, not going to have any balance. And... Right. So I'm not saying it's not possible. I think yeah, it is. I it totally is. think it is. But what I'm saying is when you're making these decisions right now at the end of this year for next year, mm -hmm. keep all of these things in mind because the grass may not be greener. And that was going to lead me into like, if you are qualified to be a teacher and you are unhappy right now in your role, have you done everything possible to make positive changes to it before mm -hmm. you consider giving up. Oh yeah. Well, it's just like what they tell you with marriage counseling, you know, have you done absolutely everything before you're like, I'm done with this marriage. You know, like you want to exhaust all everything, you know, that you can do to make it work. Right. And I think that that is something that definitely needs to be talked about more as teach, as we hear, you know, um, about this mass exodus of teachers is that I think stopping and pausing and realizing like, okay, if I do this, then what am I heading into? Because there's like, we talk about all the time, how important it is to set up boundaries. And I think that until you have truly set boundaries and truly started saying no to things at school and taking things off your own plate, I don't think you truly have exercised what Everything. it feels like yes. to really give it your all because People are scared to put up boundaries. They're scared to say, no, I'm not doing that because they're what? Afraid to lose their jobs. Yeah. But then they might be already looking for another job. So it's kind of like, well, and if they're not afraid to lose their job, they're afraid of disappointing people. Exactly. So it's, there's always this caveat of like, I, I can't do this because you know, whatever. But I think that if you are truly considering leaving teaching, please, please, please start taking stuff off of your plate, say no to things, do the bare minimum, which is love on and pour on those, pour into those kids and then see what happens. See what happens when you stop doing all the red tape crap that they're asking of you. Like 
And I'm not saying be a rebel, but I am saying if, if it's it. you, Do if it. it's you doing that or you quitting, I would much rather have my kids have a teacher that is like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to pour into my kids. I'm going to come here. I'm going to teach. I am not going to do all this extra paperwork. I am not going to do all this extra data. I am not going to work past my thing. I am not going to lead a club at my school, my (laughs) conference. I am not going to do all those things. I am going to teach kids. And that's what I'm going to do before I decide I'm going to up and quit my job. You know, I would much rather have a teacher do that than just leave. Yeah. And and, and listen, if you really are qualified by God to be a teacher, Mm your weaknesses will be fought by him. And something that we talk a lot about is positivity versus reality. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to sit here and say like setting boundaries is going to fix everything because that's not really what we're trying to say. Right. Because right now there are so many outside forces happening to teachers and educators and education in general, that there will never be anything we can do about it Mm -hmm. in my mind, you know, unless there's like this complete overhaul of what's happening. And I don't see that happening like next year Mm -hmm. is my point. And so like, it may be where you're at the decision point and you have paused and prayed. You have set up the boundaries. You do, you did start leaving at your contracted hour and you still are really unhappy mm-hmm. and negative and your yourself and your family are suffering. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, then it's time for you to leave education. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're talking about is people making very emotional decisions mm-hmm. right now because we're in the thick of it. Right. And mm-hmm. I make every decision based on my emotions. 100% <laughs> Lewis and I, we balance each other out. The other day we were talking about it and I was telling, we were trying to make a decision. I'm like, do not follow after me. Like you're always the like clear headed, like even tempered person yeah. here. And I was like, acknowledging the fact that I I honestly know that all my decisions are very emotional, but I happen to be a very passionate person. Mm -hmm. It's an ADHD thing. It really is. Like when you have a brain like mine, you feel things very big. Mm -hmm. And, but my point at the end of all of this was that even though I feel them emotionally and I come across very blunt and very big, I'm always right. So like (laughs) he makes these decisions that are very like, building bridges and are not burning bridges. And I'm just like two fingers in the air. Like it is what it is. I said what I said, this is what I mean. You either like me or you don't. And so it just, but sometimes, honestly, I do have to take a step back and realize that making decisions out of emotion or fear can never be good. Yeah, no. And I think, um, I think that that's something that is so difficult right now because when you're tired, mm, oh you don't gosh. want to put in the effort. Think about your own it. babies. When yeah. they're tired and they're trying it's to so keep hard. it all together, you see them and you know, like, baby, I you know. would not make you would not act this way if you weren't tired. And of course, what do they say to you? I'm not tired. Right. And that's how teachers are right uh, now yes. because they are so tired because it is freaking tiring being a teacher. And when you are emotionally drained. And then you are physically drained and then you also don't feel like any changes are happening. It, it just feels so helpless. Sometimes. Yes. And I think that's a bad place to make decisions yeah. about your career path because mm-hmm. it is so much like, and I am like not the person to talk about this because I will ask, I am the biggest job quitter. 
Like when I was younger and even now I'm like the job jumper. I'm like, Oh, I'm unhappy. Peace out. Like I just do not operate in in the tenacity. I'm not sure that I've (laughs) told this story or not, but maybe I have, but in college I worked at a bagel. I always worked a morning job where I could work before I went to school. And then I worked in the evenings because I had to work full time. That's kind of hard when you're in college and they're hired, you know, you don't get 40 hours. So I would walk, work multiple jobs, but I was at this bagel place. So I would go in super early and I wanted to get off to go float the river with my friends and they wouldn't give it to me. And I was like, okay, bye-bye. Never coming back. <laughs> like, cause I knew someone else would just hire me. I'm in college. I worked at the black eyed pea, which you never see those restaurants anymore. No. Fuddruckers, Texas roadhouse, the bagel place. Walgreens. I had so many. One time I decided I was going to clean houses. I went to one family's house and cleaned it. And afterwards they called me with all the things they didn't like that I did. And I was like, I will never clean another house. Now you're a psycho. I'm not joking. Like I will straight up be like, Oh, this is not fun. I'm done. Yeah. Bye. bye. And what you said, you and Lewis are really balanced and and John and I are identical Enneagrams. So we are both oh dreamers. Oh we are both, um, oh, we're not happy. Bye-bye. So together, we collectively cheer each other's emotional decisions on. Oh and so it's, it's a crap show it's over really at the bad. Miller house. It really is. It's so bad. <laughs> it, it's, it's something that we, that comes with maturity. And I guess we're not there yet. I mean, we're going to be oh like the gosh. most bomb. You're so old. We're going to be like the most awesome old people ever. <laughs> but it, it, if we make it there. Um, but I think that for teachers knowing and understanding where their, their goal is next, if they want to stay at teaching, awesome. We need you. We love you. Please stay. If you don't, what is your next move? Because if you're like me, you don't care what your next move is. You're just leaving and that's it. And I think that that's something to, to think about is maybe you're fortunate enough that you really don't have to work you know, and you can sit there and pour into your family and do the things that you can do for your community. But if There's you're not, so and you have to know so many yeah. people are double, double household earners and you or know, single a, teacher, parents. a single parent. Yeah. yeah. And when you're, and when you're teaching, it is a stable job and it does have benefits. albeit they need to fix them and, and improve the benefit mm-hmm. system. And TRS is a hot mess. Could you please get that under control? Um, but I do think it's a stable job and it's also something that allows you that time. If you are a single parent to really be with your kids. Yeah. So making that decision is never easy, but understanding and knowing what is on the other side, um, please, please, please do not base your decisions on what you're seeing on social media yeah. because it is, it's always, I'll tell you what, there is some straight up turf on self social media. The grass is forever oh green and it will always look so perfect. Oh my goodness. It seriously. is never, ever going to be uh, the, the dry barren desert that is my backyard. Um, <laughs> Cause it is like, seriously the wind's blowing and there it goes. Um, but I think, you know, if you see that your friend quit teaching and, man, they lo- their life looks amazing now. Um, you probably don't know the whole story. Yeah. So, oh gosh, you know, that's, that's something to be thinking about. So just to wrap it up and I want to leave you guys with this. It's something that we've probably all heard, but just keep this in mind as you're making decisions for the, for the next year is that if you're hoping for something better, I want to remind you that people, jobs, anything worldly, will always disappoint you. Yes. So your hope can only be found in Jesus because God will never disappoint you. He yeah. will always be there for you. And so 
if, if you're relying on making a decision for next year and your hope is that you're going to be more joyful or happier or more balanced, no matter what it is, you will probably be disappointed. So pause, think, and really pray through these decisions and get on board with your loved ones um, before you make that decision. Because um, our hope. Talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Because our hope really is in, in Jesus and not in a job. Um, it can't be all consuming. So, yeah, okay. That was, is the grass greener and we hope you enjoyed it. If you're on spring break, rest, have fun. If you're just back, don't forget those boundaries and priorities you set in place before you went back and we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.